Hi friends, and welcome to Robcast 33. This one is called Increments and Explosions. And uh, last week was my birthday, and I turned 45. And you know for the past month or so, I have been asking you to give money to my birthday campaign, and you did. Like an incredible number of you gave, and we have been able to raise so much money to get people clean water. It's just incredible. So we're going to keep the campaign going just a little bit longer. Um, it's through Charity Water, so 100% of every penny that you give goes to get people actual water, uh, people who desperately need it. And the number right now is just ridiculously large. And just one last little week or two here on the end, and um, we're going to wrap it up. But just... From the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you to all who contributed. My goal was that everybody who listens to the Robcast would pitch in just a tiny bit of money and we could just do something massive, and we are we're able to do something massive. It's just just blows my mind. Anyway, last week was my birthday. I turned 45, and I feel younger than ever. Uh I feel like this whole explosion of new life happening. Uh not just younger like you know, like, oh, I feel younger, but younger like the kind that matters, like in the heart. And uh, I found myself reflecting on my birth, which you often do on your birthday. And so in this, Robcast, I want to talk about birth, but I want to talk about rebirth. Because as I thought through my life and what brought me to 45 years, I kept thinking back to the power of all of those moments of rebirth when it was like I started over. It was like the slate got wiped clean, like when I saw things in a whole new way. So I want to read a passage in the Bible, uh, a story about Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. And I just, I think the story contains an extraordinary amount of wisdom for all of us and how we can grow younger as we can grow old, as we grow older, how we can have more life, be more filled with life the older that we get. Uh, it's from the Gospel of John. Now, there's a, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. Let's just pause there. Jewish ruling council means this man was somewhere, some combination of a senator and a bishop and a CEO and so you get the idea, like most, most wealthy, powerful, influential person around. And he comes to Jesus at night, which I love. By the way, the writer John loves these images of, of sort of opposites, of light and dark. And so he has this very, very, very powerful man, but he comes to Jesus at night. So there's all this fascinating sort of symbolism that John uses. Sometimes you're like, does he mean night like the man is in the dark and can't see or does it mean like the man doesn't want anybody to know that he's coming because he's sort of doing this quietly on the down low and the answer of course is yes john probably means all of this this extremely powerful man comes to jesus and he says rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from god for no one could perform the signs you are doing if god were not with him now the we know there is really huge like we know that you are a teacher this is a man who speaks with authority this is a man who has people listening to his every word. And he basically says, I have a judgment here. My judgment is that you have come from God because of the stuff that you do. And then Jesus replies, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. <laughs> Which is like 
the thousandth example where somebody says something and Jesus' answer seems to have nothing to do with what they said, although later we'll see it actually does. But Jesus does this great thing. He simply says to him, you can't see the kingdom of God without being born again. Now the word again there is the word anothen in the Greek. It also means above, so you could translate it without being born from above. So the man says, hey, I believe that you've come from God. And Jesus says, you want to see the kingdom of God? Do you want to see the thing that's happening? You can't see it without having a rebirth, without being born again. Now, the man responds, how can anyone be born when they are old? Oh, please. Jesus uses this beautiful figure of speech, this metaphor, this image, this you have to sort of be born all over again. The man says, how can you be born when you're old? Surely they cannot Surely a person can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Uh, it's interesting how the, the gospel writer here contrasts Jesus is speaking of realities that have to be described using image, using these evocative pictures. It's it, And the man just takes it literally, like, you mean I got to climb back into my mother's womb? And Jesus answers, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. For flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of spirit. Which I think is fascinating here because Jesus essentially says, there is a great mystery at the heart of every human being. And that birth itself, rebirth, the wind blows where it pleases. There's no formula. There's no seven-step plan. There's no video series online that can get you there. There's a deeply mysterious thing that happens when you experience new life and new birth. You hear it sound, the wind, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of spirit. By the way, some of you may have heard the phrase born again before, and it's always a very clear cut, like you can be born again. But what's fascinating is after Jesus says the born again part, he then says the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. He basically says this thing is a giant mystery. The way that we grow, the way that we see, the way that we open up, the way that our lives are transformed is a great mystery. And then Nicodemus, the man responds, how can this be? He, Jesus says, you are Israel's teacher and you do not understand these things? <laughs> it's so good. It's like Jesus says, wait, are you in charge? Because you are not the sharpest tool in the shed. You're a teacher and you don't get this? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. Now, this is brilliant because the man said, we know. That's how he began his first line to Jesus. We know. And so Jesus says, we speak. It's almost like he does this. Oh, we too can play this game. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. And then Jesus goes on from there. Now, perhaps you've heard this phrase born again before. Perhaps the moment you hear the phrase born again, you roll your eyes because you've only heard it in the sense of like, do you want to go to hell or do you want to go to heaven? Because if you want to go to heaven when you die and not burn and you suffer for eternity, then you're going to have to be born again. So maybe the term for you is loaded with all sorts of stuff. Maybe you've never heard about it before. Let's sort of pull it all apart, shall we, and see what's going on here. First off, when Jesus talks to the man about what really matters, 
because the man's like, obviously you're from God, you're doing these amazing things. Jesus simply says, if you want to see what God is up to in the world, if you want to see a whole world right here within this one, that's only going to happen if you experience new birth. Now, seeing is very different than talking or believing or simply stating truths. Seeing is what happens when you have experienced and when you have new sight, when you have new lens, when you have a new filter. Seeing is what happens when your consciousness shifts. It's easy to quote Bible verses. It's easy to say, I believe this or I believe that. It's easy just to state truths. Anybody can do that. But Jesus here is talking about seeing. When you see, you can't unsee something. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you were going along and all of a sudden, or over a period of time, you began to see things you hadn't seen before, a bigger, wider, more expansive view of the world. And once you've seen, you can't unsee. Once you taste, you can't untaste. So Jesus, right away with the man, shifts the discussion from the man's categories about how things work. We have decided that you clearly are from God. He shifts it to the real interesting thing is when you begin to see things in a whole new way, when you begin to see a whole world right here within this one, when you begin to see the inbreaking rule and reign of the divine right here, right now. And that requires seeing, and seeing is a different set of muscles. A lot of people, especially in our world, were taught that believing is what matters. A lot of people were taught thinking is what matters. A lot of people were taught as long as you just state the right doctrines. But Jesus shifts it to seeing. And what he has here is he has a man who is the leader of the religious government establishment, a man with extraordinary power, influence, and wealth, but he doesn't see. You can, man, you could be a pastor and not see. Perhaps you've been around spiritual leaders who the reason why it didn't set well with you is it felt like they were repeating phrases and slogans and doctrines, but that they themselves at some deep level of the soul or spirit hadn't seen, hadn't seen that all ground is holy, hadn't seen that all interactions are sacred, hadn't seen the divine presence in the daily, in the everyday moments. That's what it looks like when you begin to see. You begin to see that the whole thing is God-bathed. You begin to see that the whole thing is electric. It's not that you go to the temple. It's that you wake up to the fact that the whole thing is a temple, that all of life is lived on holy, sacred ground. So Jesus says to the man, the real thing here, the really interesting thing is when you can see, and you don't see without experiencing a rebirth. I would summarize it this way. There are increments, and then there are explosions. There are increments, and then there are explosions. There are intentional practices. There are ways that you can live, disciplines, mantras, scriptures, prayers. There are habits you can develop so that you will keep growing, so that you will become more and more full of life, so that you will have rebirth experiences in which you see things you never saw before. There are the increments of life. 
becoming the kind of person who is a particular force in the world, who sees in a particular way, who understands. And then, in addition to the increments, there are the explosions. Think about your life. Think about the moments when you've most grown. Think about the moments when everything changed. Think about the moments when you leapt forward into greater wisdom, knowledge, maturity, understanding. There were usually moments of explosion, you know what I mean? Like try to make sense of your, of your life. Try to make sense of the defining moments. When I look back, there were, there were these steps that I took, but then there were these explosive moments when things happened that I couldn't begin to understand. I think this is why Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. It's almost as if he says, yes, you can become a certain kind of person and it's a total mystery. It can be both defined and it is beyond definition. You, you can be intentional about it and it is something that happens to you that is very, very mysterious. It's like there are these increments. So the question for you and I is, how do we become the kinds of people who are experiencing rebirth? Anybody listening, things have gotten stale. You've gotten tired, weary. You feel like you're stuck in a rut. You feel like it isn't working. It isn't exciting. It isn't thrilling. It isn't even meaningful like it used to. How do you become the kind of person who can have a rebirth where everything feels new again? How do you become the kind of person who is alive more than ever? You're not becoming more weary, more exhausted, more cynical, more bitter, more skeptical, but you're becoming more filled with wonder and awe. You're seeing divine presence more and more and more. You're finding joy and satisfaction and fulfillment in the small things that you used to, maybe you would have skipped and ignored and moved right by? That's, to me, the interesting question. So, a couple thoughts on rebirth. First off, when you were born, you moved from one mode to another. Birth is when you move from one mode of being to another mode of being. Now, there is a distinction to be made between birth or rebirth and change. Change is an endless series of slight mutations. Change is when you paint the walls in the room. Rebirth is when one mode ends and a whole nother mode begins. It's one thing to have a series of nice little changes. It's another thing to experience a death and a rebirth. And so sometimes when people talk, about rebirth, what they're really just talking about is change. I need some change, I need some change. But what Jesus here is talking about, about being born from above, being born from again, is what happens when one whole mode ends and another begins, when you die and you're reborn. Now, why does this happen for some and not for others? Why do some people seem to keep getting more alive and more filled with joy and more awake and more aware? Well then, if it's all about a mode, probably it's because oftentimes we cling to the current mode because it's safe, because we know it, because it provides a certain security. Oftentimes we get in the way of our own rebirth because we're terrified about what might happen, and so we simply cling to the current mode. 
we don't we don't like it, but we're too scared of what might happen if we let go. So one of the things I've observed about people who are more alive than ever is they hold things loosely. They hold things loosely, which which leads to another observation. If you want to experience rebirth, you have to be honest about the present and what isn't working. Sometimes people are trying to fit the new thing into the old thing, but the old thing is going to have to die. And so the question is, what's not working? For many people, is it your, is it your, are you like exhausted from work and bored out of your mind? And so part of rebirth comes when we're honest, this isn't working. It's when you stop numbing the pain. It's when you stop avoiding it. Is your marriage stuck in a giant rut and it's not working? Is your health, do you have uh, patterns, habits, addictions that you know are preventing you from full health? Rebirth happens. We be, we're born from above when we're willing to be honest about how the present isn't working. And instead of avoiding it, instead of denying it, instead of suppressing it, instead of simply numbing the pain, you own it and you say, this isn't working. I need a rebirth. Now, here's the interesting thing about rebirth, or let's talk about your birth first off. You had nothing to do with your birth when you were born, right? You had nothing to do with it. You didn't help. You didn't climb out of the womb. You had nothing to do with your birth, and yet you had everything to do with your birth. So when it comes to birth, birth is something in which it happens to us, and yet it's also something that wouldn't happen without us. So the real mystery, and what I find fascinating in this born-again passage when Jesus is talking, is he keeps talking about the mystery of rebirth. The wind blows wherever it wants. You can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. <laughs> Don't you even picture like some acoustic guitar being strummed in the background, like a little psychedelic music, just a little bit. The wind blows wherever it pleases, right? It's such a vague, mysterious, ambiguous sort of phrase. It's almost like as if he says, birth, man, you have nothing to do with your own birth. It's a great mystery. The wind comes and goes. Some people are more alive than others. Some people aren't. And yet we all know that the whole point of the passage is you can see the kingdom of God. And you can see the kingdom of God when you experience a new birth. It's as if he says to this man, Nicodemus, you're, you're in a totally wrong mode. You're trying to understand the thing, but you're, you're, it's all the wrong categories. You're never going to get there from here. You're going to have to die to that whole way of thinking about it so that you can experience a kind of birth where you can actually see it in a whole new way. So birth is when you move from one mode to the next. Birth is what happens when you're willing to be honest about the fact that this mode isn't working. If your marriage isn't working, part of it, stop pretending. If, you're, if you hate your job, stop pretending. If you have all sorts of destructive habits with your health, stop pretending. Cry out, this isn't working. So some people often, uh, I hear the question like, what's the point of prayer? Why even bother praying? Crying out is a form of prayer opening yourself up 
acknowledging this isn't working. You want rebirth? It starts with, I'm dying here. And not just I'm dying here, but I'm willing to die here. I gotta let the whole thing die. Think about a marriage. Marriages have rebirth when both people agree, let's let the old thing die and let's rediscover each other on the other side. That whole other mode where we were always arguing, where we were always keeping score, where we always had a scorecard, all that. Let's die to that whole thing. Let's just die to it so that we can be born to a whole new way of relating. So you cry out. You open yourself up. You say, this isn't working. I remember I had a really bad burnout in 2004. I uh, had been working too hard for a number of years because that's what I picked up along the way is what one in doubt, just work harder. And if it's not working, then just work even harder. Just work, 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 work. And I had a bad like laying on the floor in the fetal position, unable to move, sort of catatonic. Uh, my adrenal glands were totally cooked. My body essentially started to sort of quit on me. Um, and I remember in that moment of profound weakness and I almost felt like I couldn't even move crying out like this doesn't work I need help I need a I, the phrase that I would use is I need a new normal because this normal has almost killed me so what happens when you cry out is there is a fundamental humility in crying out this is what the Psalms are filled with that's why these prayers continue to resonate to this day, is when you cry out, you are now opening yourself up to power and forces beyond yourself. It's one of the number one ways I would explain prayer. When people are like, well, does prayer work? Or how do you get God to do things? Wrong questions, wrong questions. Ask a bad question, you'll get a bad answer. What's much more interesting is the idea, do you believe that you are the ultimate strength of the universe? Or do you believe there is strength beyond you? Do you believe you are the most powerful being in the universe or do you believe there is power beyond you? And the great wise ones from through the years have always understood that when you come to the end of yourself, you are now in the situation where you can receive strength and power from beyond yourself. And what's happened to me and the thing that's happened to me again and again, the interesting thing is what happens when I open myself up to forces beyond myself, when I come to the end of myself and I open up. Weakness is your friend. Moments that humble you and crush you are your allies. When everything gets yanked out of your hands and when someone else has their hand on the wheel and you feel like you've done all you can and it's just ended in a thousand pieces at your feet, don't fight those moments because you cannot have a rebirth if you do not have a death and you cannot have a death if you're still clinging to all of your greatness and your ego and your education and your smarts and intelligence rebirth being born from above often it starts when you come to the end of yourself and you say this isn't working and you cry up and you cry out and you open yourself up to strength and power beyond yourself. Oftentimes when, when people want to know or want to talk about what spirituality is, you could start, there's lots of ways to talk about spirituality. One of them is simply to be a spiritual, spiritual person is to be open and growing your, in your awareness of realities beyond yourself. Unseen realities 
that are actually what drive our lives. One prayer I've used, you, you might want to write this one down or feel free to tattoo it, is simply show me with an exclamation point, maybe like two or three exclamation points. Almost picture like a graffiti, like a Banksy-style graffiti. Show me. One of the most powerful prayers you can utter is show me. Like say it urgently. Say it like, show me. Say it with a little anger. Like, show me. It's when you are in a mode and it's not working and you're frustrated and you're losing your mind and it's driving you mental. Show me, because when Jesus says, what does he say? He says, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. No one can see. Okay, I want to see. Help me see. If you hate your job, one of the most powerful ways you can set yourself up for a rebirth is simply to wake up in the morning and on the way into work, say, show me. Say it like a thousand times. Show me. Show me something new. Show me something interesting. Show me somebody who needs something I have, even if it's just one encouraging word. Show me. We grow in increments where we take steps, we discipline ourselves, we journal, we meditate, we work out, we spend time in silence and prayer, we have a daily walk, whatever it is, we set up our lives so that we keep growing in these little increments where we become more grounded, more centered, less anxious, less worry, more generous, more compassionate. There are increments to life where we grow and then there are the explosions, the moments that can't be explained, the moments when we suddenly see everything in a whole new way. And we think, I can't even remember how it used to be because this new mode is so beautiful and powerful. I remember a friend of mine uh, was in AA and he was just celebrating his first significant period of time clean and sober. And he said, we were driving down the road and he said, he looked, out, he looked out the window at the trees as they passed by and he said, I feel like the trees are in color for the first time. And that in my previous life, it's almost like a previous life where all the trees were in black and white. And then it was just quiet as we kept driving along. Rebirth is what happens when things go from black and white to color, when they go from 2D to 3D. You don't remember, probably, what life was like before you were actually born. I don't remember what my life was like before I was actually born. Maybe I wasn't around, maybe, who, who knows? All I know is when you move from one mode to the next, when you're reborn, it can often be very difficult to even remember what the previous life, what the previous mode was like. That's the power of a rebirth. And what I've observed is the people who experience rebirth and they keep, they seem to be growing younger and more alive the older they get. There are people, they, they hold the present mode loosely because they know that rebirth happens when you move from one mode to another and they're ruthlessly honest when it isn't working. Whether it's relationships, work, health, family, whatever it is, they, they know that your honesty, that crying out, that saying this doesn't work is often the first steps towards something new being birthed in your life. By the way, rebirth doesn't cost anything. Seeing doesn't cost anything. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a lot of education. You don't have to be a brainiac. Being fully alive is fully available to all. One of the things I love about the story is Jesus is talking to one of the most powerful mans 
man's <laughs> one of the things I find. I don't edit. You know why I don't edit this Robcast? Like we just, I always, I just record it and then we put it out there is because of moments like that. Like if I edited that out, come on now. Mans, one of the most powerful mans. How about men? <laughs> I'm making myself laugh now. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I love about the story is this is one of the most powerful men in the nation. And Jesus is like, uh, he, he basically just says, you do not get it. You are stuck in the old mode. And you're not going to see the new thing that's happening through me unless you're born. You're going to need like a whole rebirth. And the man responds with this very stilted, awkward, literal, like, what? How can you be born again? You cannot enter your second time into your mother's womb. It's like Jesus at some point just says, you're, you're one of Israel's teachers and you don't get this? Good Lord, who's in charge here? My version. <laughs> but what's fascinating is you can be one of the great spiritual leaders of your day and not see this. Then you can be very poor and very broken and very tired and uneducated and see this. Anybody can see. So you don't be intimidated by anybody. Don't be intimidated by religious people. Don't be intimidated by people who think religious people are idiots. Don't be intimidated. Anybody can see. Anybody can be reborn. Anybody can have eyes to apprehend the new thing that is happening, the world right here within this world. Maybe for you, is it simple as driving in the morning to work going, show me, show me. I want to see. I want to see a whole new world right here within this one. I love this line where Jesus talks about, uh, let me find it here, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. I often think of that in terms of flesh give birth to flesh. You can live at a flesh level and simply it's spreadsheets, it's groceries, it's putting gas in the car, it's paying the insurance bill, it's going to a new movie. It's just living your whole life an inch deep. But spirit gives birth to spirit is what Jesus says. This is what happens when you realize that there are realities that undergird your life. And what you actually want is you want a heart that's alive. You want a spirit that's overflowing. You want a soul that's dancing to a beautiful song. And what happened in, in the modern age is the material world became so impressive. Hospitals, airports, Wi-Fi, 10,000 songs in your pockets. The material world became so intoxicating, buying stuff, going online. The material world became so impressive that we built that for many of us, we weren't taught how to care for our interior life. We weren't taught to care for spirit, to be open to spirit, to be waiting and expectant, assuming that spirit was going to give birth to something new in our life. Show me, show me. And so there are increments, there are things you can do. You can pay attention to what's not working. You can write out prayers, you can be more grounded, centered, disciplined. You can take time where you withdraw into quiet to listen to what your life is speaking to you. There are these increments, and then there are those explosions, those moments that you never could have planned. You have this one conversation, and you're driving home, and all of a sudden you realize there are tears streaming down your face because you see things in a whole new way. You had nothing to do with your birth, and you had 
everything to do with your birth. I believe you can become more alive the older you get. I believe that you can become in many ways younger in spirit, essentially the older that you get. You can be more awake, more alive, more aware. It's one thing to have lots of money, to be successful, to have lots of stuff, to have a physical body that isn't, all physical bodies are deteriorating, but to have a physical body that's in great shape. That's what, and those, that, those, all those things can be fantastic. But I think the thing that you really want is you want to be more alive. You want to wake up in the morning and feel like, yes, we get to do this. So let's go back to the very beginning, to Jesus saying, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. So the question, of course, is have you been born again? And my answer is, of course I have, lots of times. I was raised in a tradition. I picked up along the way that being born again was something that happened to you once. And so the question people ask is, are you born again? And the way that uh, sort of I picked up over the years in the tradition that I came out of was that there was this one defining moment in your life when you got born again. When you said a prayer and you uh, accepted Jesus, believed in Jesus, invited him into your heart, that you confessed your sins, said you wanted to go to heaven, asked for forgiveness, said yes to God's offer of eternal life. There was lots of different phrases that were used. Um, and I actually, when I was in elementary school, um, I remember at the farmhouse that we lived in, 4292 Doby Road, Okemos, Michigan, kneeling down by the side of my bed and saying a prayer and inviting Jesus into my heart as I've been taught how it works and being born again, that was what I was taught. And I think that was real. I take all genuine experiences with the divine, it's real. The interesting thing, of course, is that I've been born again lots of times, probably like you. Moments when I was born from above, when suddenly I moved from one mode into an entirely new mode. I call it being born again, again, again. So maybe this phrase for you has, doesn't have the same power because of how you first heard it, but maybe it's time to reclaim the phrase. Maybe we should reclaim this phrase, born again, as the most powerful way to describe what happens when you experience spiritual rebirth. When you come to the end of a mode that isn't working. Maybe for you it was intellectual categories. Maybe you had everything nice and neat and labeled and now it isn't working like it used to. Maybe you have been relating to people or to somebody specifically, maybe it's like a marriage or a long-term relationship and you have been relating in a particular way and that mode is no longer working because the two of you have changed. The space between you has changed. Maybe you have always thought about your work and what you're supposed to do in the world, your calling, your passion, your path in a particular way and maybe it isn't working like it used to. And so you cry out and you say, I need a new mode. I need a whole new way of thinking about this because the thing that I'm in isn't working. I'm bored, restless, burned out, arguing, frustrated. I'm going mental here. I need a rebirth. And so you cry out, show me, help me. And as we all know, the most interesting things happen when you come to the end of yourself. So don't fight it. Don't cling. The ego hates that powerlessness. Your ego loves to think that if it just digs down deep enough, it can solve every problem you have. But we're not talking about change. We're not talking about just a nice little neat transition. We're talking about death and rebirth. 
We're talking about the extraordinarily mysterious thing that happens when spirit explodes in your life and touches you and moves you and convicts you and shows you a whole new way of being. That's, to me, what it means to be born again, 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 again. So maybe for you it's as simple as writing down on your hand tomorrow these words, show me, with an exclamation point. And you just go about the day repeating again and again. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Show me. I want to see. I want to see a whole new world right here within this one. I want to see a whole new way of seeing things. I want life. I want to be alive. I want to be filled with wonder and awe. I want to feel younger than ever. May you experience a life of increments and explosions. May you be reminded that you had nothing to do with your birth and you had everything to do with your birth. May you choose the path of honesty, confession, vulnerability, brokenness, nakedness, and powerlessness. And in those moments when you come to the end of yourself, may you find strength and power in life you never could have imagined. And may you, my brothers and sisters, be born again and 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 again. Grace and peace be with you.